0: talk live. Come and watch us there and join the conversation live with us in real time. Your participation helps drive the conversation. Now, let's get on with today's show. All right, everyone, welcome to Cloud Talk. My name is Jeff DeFerter, and I am pushing, sending the wrong screens out all over the place this morning. It's another fun day here at uh, at Cloud Talk. Guys, I'm so glad uh, that you have chosen to be a part of this. Let me uh, let me push one more little button here, since everything was misbehaving just mere moments ago. And we should have everything back the way it was supposed to. Look at that. Hey, guys, I'm so glad you're a part of Cloud Talk Live. As always, folks, um, this is an interactive program. The only way it can be interactive is if you introduce yourself in, uh, in the comments there down below, whether you're on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, we'd love for you to engage with us here in the conversation. Also, if you want to get a note to me separate outside of this, just send it over to solve at rackspace.com and uh that'll that'll make its way directly to me actually the whole production team is going to see that so if you've got questions suggestions any of those sorts of things just go ahead and send it right over there and uh and we'll get with you and would love to hear from you so go ahead introduce yourselves we've already got Simon Richardson's in there Sanjay's in there Sanjay's uh, I think I recognize your name you've been here a few times which is fantastic glad that you're here well let's um Let's uh, let's move directly on into the program then, shall we? Where did my little clicker button go? Uh, there she is. All right, moving on, and that takes us to our first part of the program, which we all know to be our favorite, of course, and that is this week in cloud. Now, this is the section where I uh, share with you different news articles uh, from the from the interwebs and why they're important to you as they relate to cloud. Now. A lot of us have been cooped up at home for a good long time. And I found this article over on Tech Republic. And uh, Transparency, it's not a brand new article, came out at the end of last year. And it is a list of all of the tech conferences in 2022. Take a look at a few that are coming up in February. Now, of course, we're only halfway through uh, January, but... uh, Uh, In fact, we just got through CES. Any other tech nerds been watching CES and the crazy stuff there, debuting over there. It was super interesting. But there's a lot coming up here in February. But uh, uh, as I was going through the list for the year, one event caught my eye. In fact, is there one in February? There is on February 8th. You see it there. And that is... the Microsoft Envision, uh, but they call it episode, episode three. Now, if you know, in years past, Microsoft Envision has gone along with, I think it was Inspire, and it was a multi-day conference for business leaders to learn about all kinds of cool stuff. Well, it turns out that Microsoft has turned this into a quarterly event that's about an hour and a half or two hours long. Now, here's my question for you, and I'd love for you to give me some answers. I should have created a poll, but I didn't. But uh, here's the question. Would you be more inclined to go to an event like that that is fully produced, lots of great information, but it only happens for an hour and a half or two hours once a quarter? Or would you rather dig in for an entire day's worth of content? I think I know what your answer is going to be. I know what my answer is going to be, but I'm anxious to hear from you. Which do you prefer, the all-day event or something spread out through the year? All right. Think about that. Give me some answers down below. Also, this is a super interesting article, and it comes from the World Economic Forum. Now, it's an article written by McKenzie. And this time of year, end of last year, we see lots of 2022 tech predictions. What's the predictions for the year? In fact, we I just released one on the Solve website. I'll give you a link to that later. But, uh, but McKinsey came up with the 10 trends that will shape the coming decade, according to McKinsey. This is really interesting. Take a look at a few of these. So first of all, next level automation is a key part of this. Let's make that bigger for you. And uh, auto uh, process visualization, I think I see evidence of this all over the place. We've got some really interesting customers doing interesting things with this now. The future of connectivity, 5G and IoT, distributed infrastructure, next-gen computing, applied AI. And I think that this is a great way for them to have referred to it, applied AI. We hear a lot about artificial intelligence but it also feels very abstract if it's not part of, you know, your Siri or whatever your your mobile device is that's giving you reminders. So um Uh, So I think this is a huge piece where we're actually applying it to real world scenarios. Uh, Also, of course, the future of programming, software 2.0, we could spend episode upon episode on that. Uh, Trust architecture, uh, clean energy uh, modeling, you can see it all in there. I'm going to give you a link here in just a second of where you can go back and... um, where you can go back and get these links and easily click through to them. But it's over on the Solve website, Rackspace.com slash Solve. All very easy. And guess what's not there? There's not a chat pop-up trying to sell you something. Solve is part of our thought leadership program here at Rackspace. And, uh, and for us, really, it's just all about helping you guys get better information. All right. Well, uh, let's take a look at what's new from the cloud providers. Now, as a reminder, we've changed this up a bit. We're just doing one update from provider as opposed to last year because there's a lot of information I want to get to. So first of all, AWS has introduced SQL Explorer for EMR Studio. Now this is pretty cool because EMR Studio is an integrated development uh, IDE, you know, an IDE uh, that makes it easy for data scientists and engineers to develop and visualize and debug directly in the native languages. But now with uh, with uh, AWS adding SQL explorer to their EMR studio it allows them to get in and do some you know fancy business and visualizations and understanding of the data directly inside of SQL so cool stuff from AWS here on a happy thursday over at azure azure has has released into general availability multiple custom bgp uh, PIPA addresses for active vpn gateways now if you're not a networking nerd, here's what you why this is important to you. What this means is ultimately now they are helping to create, and this is Azure. We find similar things in AWS and Google, but this is helping make that cloud, the Azure Cloud, a more native part of. Of of your corporate network, so that it just feels like another resource that's there in a very secure, trusted, controllable fashion. So very cool, adding that to uh, for active VPN gateways. Now over at um, at Google on Google Cloud, another networking component being added over there, managing routing policies in Cloud DNS. So now we can take. Uh, over in Google Cloud in general availability um, and create some interesting new routing policies that that help the traffic flow in a way that you define for your applications. For instance, um, weighted round-robin policies. So, you know, not just round-robin through multiple different endpoints, but being able to give weight to specific endpoints that they would get more traffic or less traffic. And then also, uh, geolocation routing also. So depending on where the customer or the the source traffic is coming from, we can direct them to the nearest possible data center or data set, you know, you guys get to define that. So uh, Google making it easier for managing the networking flow for uh, everything that they're up to in their cloud. So yay for that. Now, all of this, I mentioned I'd show you this link. This link is in the description of the event. It's probably also now down in the chat. But uh, if you go over to Rackspace.com slash solve 82, this is episode 82 of Cloud Talk Live. So um, just head over to there. All of the links are there. Uh, you'll find um, to the news, to these updates. Um, our guest information is going to be there as well. What's not there quite yet is uh, the audio from this because, well, we have to finish it. It'll be there by noon central today. Well, if you are like many of folks in the world, you may be looking for a new job. We started just the other day, the Rackspace job of the day. And today, if you are a software developer, well, have I got a job for you. Software Developer 3. Take a listen to what you would get to do over here at Rackspace should you get into this role. This role, do you get to be an active part of the managed public cloud software developer team globally here at Rackspace. And what that ultimately means is you're working on the tools and technologies that help our customers across the globe consume whatever cloud is best for them. Now, as you know, Cloud Talk is our thought leadership program. We're not pitching, you know, Rackspace services. I'm not trying to sell you on anything other than coming over and hanging out with us over here at Rackspace with the job. If you're a software developer, head over to that, that link that I talked about before or the one that's right on your screen and, uh, and you can um, subscribe. Or subscribe. You can apply directly there from the job or get into the job listing and then apply. I'd love to uh, have you guys apply. This is a global uh, job, so it doesn't matter where in the world you are. I believe that anyone, anywhere, could apply for it. Now, as I mentioned, uh, Cloud Solve is our thought leadership program. And as you know, for the past, two years. We're now into our third year. We've produced a weekly podcast. That podcast is available uh, anywhere podcasts are found. But now the audio from this live event streams on out through that as well. So if you're not already um, subscribed to CloudTalk, I'd encourage you to head over to anywhere that you find uh, your podcasts and subscribe there. Awesome. All right, guys, that's it of job today. We've talked about this week in cloud. The cloud releases, you know what that means? We're going to get in, and in just a second, we're going to bring up our guest, and that is uh, my good friend, Nirmal Ranganathan. Now, Nirmal and I have known each other and worked with each other for years. We were on a call just a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, Nirmal, you got to come on Cloud Talk Live and have this conversation. And, uh, And so it's my great pleasure to get to introduce to you here now uh, normal, oh I'm gotta push all the right buttons to make this work and uh and so why don't we go ahead and bring him up There he is. looks like we got a little sun on your screen here this morning, normal. I'm not sure if that was something you can adjust hey, uh, uh
1: thanks before, for giving me my minute.
0: there you work on oh, he went bye bye for a second. hey, while he does that, I've had lots of things on the screen, and I haven't been able to see the um. The chat that you guys have over here. So it looks like we got Vipin from Infosys here. Glad that you're here. Tony, new Racker from Los Angeles, new Racker. Hey, I posted that job listing. You can hum- come hang out with Normal and Tony and I. That'd be great fun. Hey, Bill Clark is here from Cold SA. Bill, I haven't seen you. Happy New Year. Uh, Sanjay, of course. Um, and all this kinds of great fun. Simon, Simon Richardson's here. So everyone, thank you. Please continue to introduce yourselves in the chat. Well, Nirmal, welcome. You are a, a principal architect, aren't you?
1: I am. Yep. Thanks for having me, Jeff.
0: Absolutely. You've been around Rackspace for a while. I'm looking at your flag. If you, uh, One of yep. the things we do here at Rackspace, uh, folks, if you're not already uh, familiar, is your five-year, 10-year, and well, more years flags if anybody gets them. So uh, you, you've had a storied career. Nirmal, what was your first job at Rackspace?
1: I think my first job was still the best job. For six months, all I did was uh, work on Cassandra open-source. Just, you know, just, right? just pure open-source contributions. That was my job. Like That was a dream job.
0: Well, I know what you mean because that's sort of like what I get to do here. Hey, David, he's here. Glad you're here. Um... Well, that's fantastic. Well, you know, you and I were having a conversation the other day, and uh, and you know, like I said before, I thought we should have this conversation here because what you were showing me, and we we pulled up a, a version of the graphic we'll bring up in just a second, but it it really talked about cloud migrations, and you know, we think about that a lot of times very mm, stoically. Hey, are you in the cloud or not? It's a binary flip of a switch. Well, there's so much more to that. There's so many different ways to think about it, from you know what types of services are you using inside of your cloud of choice? Are you using more than one cloud, and how are you handling cloud operations and your migration and and, and so forth? So, um, normal you you were you were brainstorming, I think, when you were pulling some of that together. What was going yeah. through your mind? What were you? What was your goal to try to visualize?
1: So, I think the goal there, right, is uh, we oftentimes focus too much on the technology or the tactical pieces of things, right? Like you said, migrations. So the goal there was, that's really a part of the journey, right? I mean, end of the day, technology is helping us solve business problems, right? So really the focus there is, how do we highlight the business values? Like that's what's gonna drive value. When you think about application migrations or data migrations, the goal is really to supercharge your application, supercharge your data, right? And in terms of charging your business. And uh, in a lot of those conversations, those get missed up, right? Even when people are planning, uh, migrations and transformations. They they focus on the specifics and miss the large picture That's
0: So that's so true. Now you work specifically inside of our data team, so so everything I think yeah you know, in large part I always think that people who work in their one area just see the world through that lens. But you know you you are looking at things I think much larger and much wider. Why don't we go ahead and bring that graphic up and we'll just talk about a few things that are on there in their, our time that we have here. So um, what you'll see here. And I'm trying to strip out Rackspacey names. You'll see some red in there. Again, we're not pitching Rackspace. I think this is a great solution and a great roadmap really for anyone. So, you know, as you think about that movement, as you think about your own transformation, and you don't even have to necessarily think about it in a corporate-wide move. That's how I think normal our, our other kind of fallacy mm-hmm. that that slows people down is they make the problem too big. Think about this as a, as a divisional issue, as a department issue, as a single application. So normal, maybe you can you can walk us through some of the high points here.
1: Yeah, so it really kind of flows from left to right, right? What's your business strategy? What are you trying to solve for? And again, the cloud, when you think of it cloud native, uh, any of the migrations, applications, right? Those are all part of solving that business strategy. So the first goal is really to identify kind of what your goals are, right? What you're aiming towards, then bring in the technology, right? choose the right technology to fit your strategy, right? As opposed to choosing its technology and then trying to build a strategy on top of it, which oftentimes doesn't uh, kind of lead to success, right? Definitely leads to more uh, just technical debt. So focus on what you want to achieve, right? Bring in the technology to help you achieve that. And the goal there is those business solutions, right? That's the outcomes uh, that it produced. So the focus here, right, is to kind of take you through that journey and, um, sort of bucket the technology piece, right? The reason I bucket the technology piece is technology is constantly evolving, right? Just in the data field, uh, we are be talking to you 10 years back, right? uh, Last decade, it is all about big data, all about Hadoop, right? And that would be in the conversations, right? These days, sure, all of those technologies are embedded in your cloud solutions, but uh, you don't talk about it as much, right? Uh, We haven't gone past like the data lakes and now it's the lake house architecture. The next one coming up is uh, data fabric and data meshes, right? So that's constantly going to evolve. So without getting kind of bogged down too much into that technology, right, think about that as an evolving piece. But your business solutions, right? Those are constant for your customers, right? Sure, they evolve, right? But the outcomes they produce are going to be there. That so I, I love the, the technology right?
0: yeah. yeah, and I love that focus on what are what's the strategy you're trying to to uh, rally around and those business solutions you're trying to create. You know, when cloud first showed up, it felt in large part uh, as a as a as a solution, you know walking around looking for a problem and so in in a lot of ways, in those early days we you know we pushed a lot of applications out into those environments without necessarily. You know, some some guesses, some presuppositions, but we didn't necessarily know what we were trying to solve for. And so it was just the new tech and we had some guesses. Hey, maybe it'll save us some money. Wasn't that the, the, the mantra that everybody looked at the cloud for? But if we have a strategy driving a solution, then we can look for a technology that's going to be an enabler to that. And I think there's one caveat that we should probably bring out is that sometimes as that newest and latest and greatest bleeding edge technology comes along, you know, it's going to be back to that mode of here's a here's a here's a here's a solution looking for a problem. Now that has its place, doesn't it? Doesn't it have a, its place where where it sparks thoughts, it sparks ideas of the art of the possible that now we can go back to that strategy and go, ooh, we get to rework this because what was going to take us nine months maybe is now going to take us three.
1: It does, right? And uh, I think just the explosion of AI and machine learning is a good example. A lot of the solutions about are not possible. Again, I'm going to go back a decade back, right? Like, sure, we we started having some solutions in machine learning area by that point, but again, not commonplace as we see it today, right? So that is again changing. So technology does help drive more innovation, but uh, I think we just should uh, focus on what business innovation it's going to drive, right? Rather than just using the technology to kind of figure out things.
0: There's a balance to it. Actually, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday who's the CTO for a really interesting company. And, uh, and he says that their business and what they're doing kind of is out on that, not on the bleeding edge of technology, but on the tippy edge of the cliff of technology. They're always running towards that latest and greatest thing as their, their space evolves. And he says, a lot of times what happens is they get so far out that they start looking around and realize, there's nobody else behind me, and so you kind of have to wait for business to figure out how that fits into their world, so that it can be applied into the um, so that can be applied into their strategy to create drive those those outcomes they're looking for.
1: Yeah, it's it's good we have that right. I mean, but treat it as a percentage because that's what's going to drive innovation. So I'm not telling like totally get away from it, right? But there's a place for it, and then there's a place for the business strategy.
0: And It's important also, if you're one of those folks who works or lives or, or loves to live out on that bleeding edge, I've been there. And it can be very frustrating if your company isn't adopting all the latest and greatest. But you realize that they've got to figure out how that fits best into, into their strategies now, also, if you're one of those who doesn't live out on those, the hairy edge of technology, then, um, then it's important also to not get too comfortable where you are, right? Because you've got to be able to view um, the art of the possible and apply that to what you're doing. I know a lot of folks get super frustrated with the folks. It's like, hey, it's a VM. It, they've served us well for 20 years. Why are we changing?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Now, just tying that topic back to the cloud native, uh, I mean, the, the title for today's uh, show, sure, right? is that's that's another one that oftentimes uh, gets misused or overused at times right the real focus about cloud native is about building resilient scalable right uh, and composable applications right building microservices but uh, oftentimes it gets relegated to uh i don't know my, my favorite example there is uh building an application with uh uh sort of thousands of uh <laughs> string together right like that's that's really not cloud native. <laughs> that's sort of uh Another anti-pattern for what we want to achieve, right? Yeah. But again, that's another good example of where uh, focusing on really supercharging applications, right? Making them composable is key, as opposed yeah. to leveraging the specific technologies.
0: So let me ask you this question: You spend a lot of time thinking about how to how to help companies on this journey to be able to get the most out of the cloud to drive their businesses forward but as you're looking a little bit down the road what excites you the most about tech and cloud and cloud native or fill in the adjectives that you want but what do you think is the most opportunity that companies are, are have available to them but maybe aren't utilizing today
1: i mean being a data space i'm going to say data right <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh i mean we, we oftentimes overlook it right like to be honest, like there's no applications without data. If you don't have data, right. I mean there's really nothing, right? Uh any business applications require, yep, require data. Uh, but oftentimes it gets relegated really to the back end, right? Data is in the back end. But that's changing, right? Data is really coming to the forefront. And um really driving a lot of uh, the innovation is going to be around that space, at least for the next few years, right? And then if you look up further down, then I mean you've got all these new technologies coming in. That's uh probably totally gonna change the landscape a decade now.
0: You know, I guess it, last year was the first year I think I really started to see companies take data seriously and thinking about it as uh, separate from the application. You know, before it just sort of rode along, hey, we're taking our app to the cloud. And uh, oh, oh, by the way, we need some data um, uh, capabilities as well, databases and storage and whatnot. So we started to see that segregation. But I was, I was talking to a startup yesterday. And, uh, and they're even taking it a step farther. They're taking that data storage component and creating a whole lot of flexibility and dynamic capabilities around the block storage, being able to expand and contract on those you know, those long running ETL type jobs, maybe machine learning jobs where the, the data requirements are very unknown uh, and then get processed and then get shrunk out. So a way to make that more, not just cost effective, but, uh, but resilient inside of their application. I thought that was kind of cool. So Dave uh, has yeah. got an interesting question. He says, "If the cloud platform can, uh, uh, if the cloud platform can observe and respond to the workload, uh, uh, would that be cloud native, irrespective of IaaS, container, serverless, etc?" So, uh, normal. I have my thoughts, but what are yours?
1: Um, I, I think you can call that cloud native uh, to an extent, right? The focus for cloud native is also what that core application is built upon, right? Yeah. Um, if you have something, and I think from this per- perspective, it's more observability of the application, so you could still have a legacy application and have a cloud platform observe and respond to that workload, in which case you wouldn't treat that as necessarily cloud-native.
0: Right, and I think also that um, cloud-native not doesn't apply just to the technology that you're utilizing, but it's the processes and it's the methodology at which you go about, about that. So just because you are... Uh, running a workload in the cloud, and let's just say in IaaS. You know, if you're still waterfall based, if you're, you know, you're not using a, a CI/CD type pipelines for for dynamic and, and on demand um, deployment to production. You know, there are lots of characteristics that fit into what I would say truly makes not just an application but an organization cloud native.
1: Yeah, another way to think about it, right? Like most. Uh... And anywhere from 50-60% to 60% of applications that uh, businesses own, right, are going to be like IT-based services and applications, right? Those are mostly strength tapped software. And you get them deployed in the cloud as well. Are they cloud native No, right? They still shrink-tapped software. Yeah. Whereas uh, products and applications that you build, right, that you have to control over, those are the ones that you can sort of re-architect and rebuild that can be truly coordinated.
0: Yeah. Hey, Dave, that was a fantastic question. Do me a favor, shoot me an email with your address over at solve at rackspace.com. I'm going to be in Rackspace's corporate office on Monday. I'll go find you some swag and send it over to you. Fantastic question. And I want to reward good questions. So any other questions, please feel free to put them in here. Well, we're not too long. Uh, oh, he follows up with cloud native apps need to be cloud native processes and operations. That's absolutely part of it. Um, Dave, if you'll come back to, uh, to this, uh, to to us on this next Tuesday. I've got an article that talks about cloud operations that we're going to dig into in that uh, as well. So we're going to continue that piece of the conversation on Tuesday morning. Guys, that's the reminder that these live events happen every Tuesday and Thursday at eight 30 central time. If you can't make it, you're in a meeting, you got something else to do. Well then, um, make sure that you subscribe to the Cloud Talk podcast and you'll get the audio from all of this as well. Hey, Normal, any uh, parting thoughts in encouraging folks to go deeper into uh, adopting cloud and cloud-native capabilities to drive their, their business forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really focusing on the apps, right, and when you're building apps, I mean, 12-factor apps, those come into play, so don't, don't kind of forget the basics, that's that's the key point, right, key message there is all the basics apply, right, thinking about microservices, 12-factor uh, applications, um, and then uh, the data part, right, I think that often gets missed when we talk about cloud-native. I think that's, that's something that needs more uh, sort of thought leadership, right, because we still rely on SQL databases and um, the relational databases. I mean, those have been work for decades, so those still function and so people forget about it. But uh, I think a lot more thought needs to go into how does the database and backend data fit into your cloud native applications um, and That's uh, right. so all the distributed transactions, distributed ledgers and things like that come into play.
0: Well, Normal, I really appreciate having you on this morning. A great conversation. Love to have you back uh, when uh, when when you've got some time in your schedule, because you spend a lot of time taking people through data workshops, and that's how to think about their data in a cloud native way. Maybe we can talk about the framework for that. Not necessarily trying to encourage you to, you know, just come and do that from Rackspace, but they're great models that anybody could follow. So, Normal, I'd love to have you back to have that conversation.
1: Absolutely, yeah, we'll call you that, Jeff.
0: All right, everyone, that brings us to the end of another uh, Cloud Talk Live. If you haven't subscribed to Cloud Talk, head over to anywhere where you find your um, your podcast and subscribe there. Also, I have a bet with uh, with producer Daniel. He doesn't think many people are going and checking out all of the links that are on rackspace.com slash solve slash whatever. It was up on the, it's available. Click the link. So uh, I've got the high number. He's got the low number. Folks, make me a winner. Go ahead and check those links out. Um, apply for that job if you are a Solve software developer. I'll be bringing another job on Tuesday. So head over to that. Thanks everyone. So do appreciate you being here. I hope that you have an amazing week and I'll see you next Tuesday at eight thirty central. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cloud Talk Live. Now, here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business, so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Now, this was a live event which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 830 AM Central Time. On the Rackspace, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to watch us there and join the conversation live with us. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, I'd encourage you to do so and maybe even give us one of those five star reviews. These episodes can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, I'm Jeff Deverter for Cloud Talk and Cloud Talk Live.